Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back into another edition of Jake's Takes. I am your host, Jake Masuji, and this is episode 13 of Jake's Takes. We are now two months in, which is absolutely insane. I'd like to thank everybody for the support. All the stuff you do for the channel, it's really is appreciative. Following the Instagram, liking and subscribing on the YouTube, uh, following on Spotify, like everything you can do for the program is much appreciative. I really appreciate all of the, all of the listeners, all of the people that have told me how great the podcast is. I'm really thankful for everybody. This is a lot of fun. Um, I just get to talk sports, you know, and I get to bring in a lot of guys that really know a lot about sports. So this has been a lot of fun. So I'd like to thank you all first for all of the support uh let's get to the episode episode 13 of jake's takes today we are going to discuss a little nfl to start we're going to get back on the nfl train for a little bit we're going to talk about detroit lions they've been making some moves in the free agency market we'll talk a little bit about that we'll also talk a little aaron Rodgers. but this is going to be more march madness march madness is huge right now it's so awesome It's been a lot of fun. All I did this weekend was watch games. Me and my dad were on the couch just watching game after game after game, and it was so much fun. So we, I really get into discussion. It's just me today. I discuss NFL to start, and then I get into all of the Sweet 16 teams, what to expect from the next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of college basketball games. It's a really good podcast, so um, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. So, um, sit back, relax, and I'm going to cue the music. All right. Welcome into the show. Jake's takes were on episode 13. Kind of nuts. Kind of nuts. I figured I'd do this one myself. We're going to just do a little bit of NFL football. There's been some things that happen. I want to talk about the Lions. So it's going to be good. This is this is going to be a good podcast. We're going to talk about a little bit what the Lions are doing, how they're looking this year. We'll talk a little Aaron Rodgers situation. So let's get to it. All right. So Detroit. Okay. We ended the year. We beat the Packers. We were so close to making a playoff run. It was unbelievable. This was one of the most exciting years to be a Lions fan ever because we made a crazy run near the end of the season and almost got back into the playoffs. And that was huge. That was huge. But the whole year, what we were looking at is our defense was not there. It just wasn't. Our defense was not good. I didn't love Aaron Glenn's coaching. I'm I'm still not the biggest Aaron Glenn fan in the world. But we still have them, and I got to be thankful for what we got, right? So our big need going into the year was cornerback. And every mock draft I'm seeing, we're we're going quarterback. We're going like Devin Witherspoon, someone in the draft at corner. And I'm like, I don't love this. I really don't because it reminds me of Akuda so much. And Akuda has turned into a solid player. But he's not the number two overall pick. He's just not. Like, we picked him so high, and it's just like, come on, you know? I think he was two or three, but, like, still, 
cornerback to me, you can't pick it that high unless you know it's it's the real deal. Like Sauce Gardner, he was the real deal. That's why he went four, and he turned into the best cornerback in football this year. So to me, you got to pick a corner if you're sure. You're 100% sure in that position, okay? But what the Lions did this year was they went all in on free agency. All in. And boy, am I happy. Like, I am 1,000% happy because, like, if you're the Lions, you really haven't done that, you know? You just haven't done that. And getting corners this year is huge because that's our biggest weakness. It is. Like, Akuda has not been the guy. He just hasn't. Um, we've had so many cornerback issues. And the fact of the matter is, is like Hutchinson, he had a good year. He was able to get pressure. But like we would just have guys go off on us. Like Akuda would have to he'd have to guard the best the best guy and he just wouldn't do well. Like I think his first couple games he won against like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins like all those guys, and they really just tore him apart. And I feel like that tore with his confidence a little bit, and he just hasn't been the guy we drafted. He he looked a little better at the start of this year, and then he was dealing with a lot of injury stuff. So I don't know. It is what it is. But what we did was really load up on the D-backs and the safeties, which was absolutely huge, and I loved it. So the first guy, guy we got was Emmanuel Mosley. And this guy is really good. Um, I really like the get here. Um, it just added to our depth. He wasn't like crazy or anything, but also added to our depth. Th- same thing with Cameron Sutton. Like these guys, they're solid D-backs coming from good organizations. And, you know, they just add more to our depth and can really help us. But the guy that really was huge was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Him deciding, okay. I want to go to the Lions. It changes our perspective on this year. It's going to make us absolutely huge. And I'm really excited because if a guy like that wants to come for a one-year, $8 million contract, right after he just made the Super Bowl, like you can tell that, okay, the Lions are going to be for real next year because people are seeing them and they're like, okay, they're here. And then they also signed David Montgomery. A lot of people were very meh about the signing because Jamal Williams left us in free agency because of it. Um, Jamal Williams said some things that the Lions didn't offer him a great contract and he went elsewhere. But the thing is, in my opinion, and I mean, I was talking to a few friends and they didn't love it, but in my opinion, it's okay. Go somewhere else because he had 14 touchdowns or whatever last year. But most of the time, we just got stuffed at the one and we just gave him the touchdown. So it's like, you know, anybody can do that. And to me, running back, you don't need a great running back. Like, personally, for me, I think David Montgomery is better than Jamal Williams, 1,000%. And if you're you're crazy if you say anything like that. But um, the only problem is Montgomery and Swift both have their injury problems. But the thing is with running back is that you can just put somebody in there and if you have a good old line, they're going to do well because they're good enough to be a running back in the National Football League. And with a good old line, it's difficult. Like it's difficult to be bad because your old line is going to open up so many holes and you've been playing running back your whole life. So you're able to read those holes and react. So to me, I think this David Montgomery signing is really good. 
with the Bears, he had his best seasons when he had some of the best O-lines. And he's had really good running back seasons. He's been up in the top 10 many of times. And now you got a guy like Swift and a guy like Montgomery. They're both kind of similar type backs, but they're kind of, they'll are kind they be there for each other in case needed. So like if Swift needed an off day, we'd rely on Montgomery more. If, or if Montgomery got injured, we could rely on Swift more, you know? So I think it will really help us in the long run. And then we also helped on the guard position, just the depth, getting Graham Glass, Glasgow, which is a big get. And the Lions are stacked on the draft, too. We got 6, 18, 48, and 55 in the draft. So we'll see if you're a Detroit fan, you know. Um, I want to keep this brief for Detroit, but, um, like, I like what the Lions are doing. We're putting ourselves in a great position And now with Aaron Rodgers going out of the NFC North because he just requested a trade from the Packers, he wants to go to the Jets. So with Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North, it's like, okay, you know, we could do something here. Um, We're the best team in the NFC North now. We are. The Vikings, they they didn't do what they were supposed to do last year. They fell through. And they're going to bring that same team back and be very difficult. But we're stacked now. And we can beat the Vikings. That game in Minnesota, we should have won 100%. We were right there so close. There were so many of those games at the beginning of the year. And then we finally put it all together. And we destroyed them at Ford Field. Destroyed them. Like, we looked really good. We can beat the Vikings. The Bears are still rebuilding. They just traded out of the first overall pick. They, I don't love what they're doing in Chicago. So if you're a Lions fan... You should be 100% excited because I'm really excited for this next year. And with these guys coming in, like, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. I think now looking at the sixth overall pick, um, I really like the tackle here. I, I'm i saying maybe go Jalen Carter, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of stuff going around about him with the – uh, allegations and stuff like that, but I like him. I like him. I mean, he's supposedly the most talented player in the draft, so it's hard to pass on that for me, at least. I get it. There's a lot of issues there, so if you don't want any part of the issues, that's fine. But like, if Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy, those are two. That's an edge rusher and a, another D tackle. Um, if they're not there, I don't know who else to pick, really. So, to me. I kind of want Jalen Carter, but we'll see what the Lions do. Um, getting into the Aaron Rodgers thing a little bit, I just want to talk about it a little bit before we get to college basketball. But Aaron Rodgers, he is going to be successful in on the Jets. They're getting receivers for him. They're getting whatever he wants. And I think he's going to be successful here. I think Robert Solid's great coach. From what I've heard about him, everybody loves him. He's a very likable guy. He'll work with that defense. That defense is one of the best defenses in football. And I think Rodgers will be successful with that offense. I think it's going to take time. He always, the first game of the season, do not bet on him the first game of the season because it's bad. It's really bad. And then I think he's going to make adjustments and be very good. So with the Jets, like we'll see. I think it'll be a little bit like Brett Farvey, you know, which is kind of cool for him uh, because that's who he grew behind and became, you know. And we'll see. We'll see. But if you're a Lions fan, Rodgers' last game in Green Bay, we beat him in Lambeau. 
that's saying something. That's awesome. So I think if you're a Lions fan, you're feeling really good. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're feeling good. If you're an NFC North guy, you're like, wait, are the Lions the favorite? Like, what's going on there? So I'm really excited. We'll see how it rolls with the NFL. The NFL draft's coming up soon. We'll get to more NFL draft topics soon. But I wanted to give you my excitement of the NFL just real quick. So let's get to some college basketball. All right. Welcome back into the show. And uh, let's get to some college basketball because that's why you guys are here for sure. Big weekend. Big weekend. I love college basketball so much. It is it's amazing. March Madness is it, man. It is flat out it. I love it so much. And these games were unreal. Unreal. I feel bad for my guy, Asher Smith. Big Ten didn't do so hot. I think Jonah was right about that one. Jonah was all out on the Big Ten and in on the Big East. And the Big East looked pretty good. They ended up with three teams in. And we'll go through it a lot. Um, We'll go through some of the teams that I really like that are still in. Some of the games that were really interesting to me because there was a lot of good basketball. It was a lot of good basketball. Um, I want to start with the South. Okay, let's get to the South. Um, Alabama, to me, they looked pretty good. They look tough. Um, Brandon Miller, guy's freaking monster. I mean, we've been over it. We went over it a lot. Like, the guy's going to be ridiculous. He's supposed to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Some even have him above Scooter Henderson, which on a draft pod we'll get into all that. But Miller's been playing decent. He's been dealing a little bit with an injury. I think it's a groin injury, if I'm not mistaken. But he's been looking really good this tournament. And Bama, they had a tough game against Maryland. The score is a little deceiving. They ended up winning 73-51, to but that was tough. That was tough, man. Maryland can really play. They're, they're a tough team, tough physical and all that. And, you know, Bama, Bama came in, didn't expect too much, and then in the second half, they really turned it on, started hitting some threes. Quitterly has been playing great. I love Javon Quitterly. Um, I'm looking at the box score right now, and Quitterly, he had 22 points in this game, 4-6 from 3, 9-14 from the field. If Quitterly's playing at a high level, Alabama is a very difficult team to beat. Um, they're probably the most talented team in college basketball. I will say that 100% on the podcast. I think they are the most talented team. And if they're hitting their shots, there's no way that anybody can beat them, anybody. And I'm saying that now because it's really difficult, especially with the bigs they got. I'm not even going to try to say his name. I think it's Benedico. I just screw that. But um, like they got bigs that are really talented. Benedico had 10 points and 10 rebounds and was just a monster. And then Marcus Sears as a three, he's outstanding, can really do a lot of stuff with the ball. He's very difficult. And then Clowney's another big that they bring in. That's really difficult, you know? And with Bama, man, like, they're really tough. They're really tough. And I think playing against San Diego State, it's going to be interesting because San Diego State's the type of team, they, they go nine deep, and they can really throw a lot of guys at you. Like, they'll be able to throw a lot of guys at Brandon Miller, and we'll see how he responds, you know? So that's going to be really interesting to watch because 
of all the guys San Diego State can throw. They have a former Oakland transfer, San Diego State does, of Micah Parrish, who's been unbelievable. He had a great game against Furman on Saturday. And they just got a lot of guys that are dangerous, a lot of like forward type players that can defend, move their feet, switch. And they got some bigs that are awesome. Like San Diego State's going to be a tough matchup for Bama. But if Bama's hitting their shots, again, I just said it earlier, they can beat anybody. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that game. I think it's really going to be a close game. And I think it's going to come down to who has the best player. And Alabama, they got the best player, Brandon Miller. And that's why I got Bama out of there. And I have Bama out of that conference. All right, let's get to Creighton and Princeton. Okay. Princeton's been one of the biggest upset stories in March Madness. I love them. They're awesome. I love the Tigers. I was a little nervous when they got put at 15, which is why I didn't I didn't pick them in any of my brackets. I was just like, eh, they're a 15 seed. You know, they're playing against a tough team in Zona. I really liked Zona at the time. My mistake, you know. But um, Princeton has looked unbelievable. They just play so hard and so smart, and they can shoot the lights out. Like, and the thing that's impressed me so much about Princeton is they can play in different styles too, which is really difficult in college basketball, because if you're able to play in different styles, you can adapt to different people and you can win games. So I think if you're Creighton, you're a little nervous in this game. This is going to be tough because Princeton's playing at a really high level. That'll be very difficult for them to slow down. But to be fair, Creighton's been playing at an insane level. And Jonah and I talked about it in our pot. We really liked Creighton. We were all in. And Asher started to like Creighton too, coming in too. Like, this team's tough. They're really tough. Ryan Nemhard just had 30 points last game against Baylor and was ridiculous. Flat out ridiculous. The guy, it runs in the genes, man. I love Andrew Nemhard. I love Ryan Nemhard. Guys are awesome. And then Cokeburn, their big, is really talented. He's just he's just really tough to handle inside. Baylor didn't have too much for uh, for him. And he was just outstanding. You know, Creighton's got a lot of guys like that can, that can really do some stuff. So I'm excited to see that game, Creighton-Princeton. I'm so mad at myself for picking Arizona over Creighton. Ugh, it was difficult. It was difficult. I remember going through it in the Sweet 16 with Asher. And I was in on Zona. I liked Zona. I love Tommy Lloyd. They'll they'll recover. They'll recover. But that's really tough. It's really tough because Zona had two really talented teams that could go somewhere in the tournament, and they didn't do anything. So it's really difficult there. But if you're a Zona fan, you should be okay. Like Tommy Lloyd, you know, you got a great coach, and he's been outstanding, and he's getting you foreign guys that can really play. And, you know, Zona will be back 100%, and I will pick them again. I will. I'm not going to not pick Zona. They're awesome. All right, let's get to the East. And the East was crazy. I had one Elite Eight team, or Sweet 16 team, sorry, right, which is so bad, so bad. I was so mad at this this region. But let's get to the first game, Florida Atlantic versus Tennessee. And – I didn't expect it at all. Florida Atlantic snuck out against Memphis, and I was so mad. Like, Kendrick Davis played awesome. Guys played awesome. They just choked it down the stretch. Florida Atlantic got the dub, and I was I was really mad. And then Fairleigh Dickinson, man. 
credit to them. One of the best upsets we've seen in a long time. UMBC is the only other 16 seed to beat a one seed. And gosh, that was crazy. I remember watching it with my dad and we were just like, what is going on? How does, how is Purdue doing this? You know, like my dad was so mad. He had Purdue in his finals and, you know, there was just anger filling on every possession. Like it's just the pressure building up and building up. And you know, when the pressure's all on the one seed, it's just not going to go well, you know, and FDU was able to make the, make the charge, make the comeback and close that game out. The smallest team in the NCAA pulls off the biggest upset. That was really awesome. Fun game, fun game to watch. And yeah, so FDU ended up playing FAU and Florida Atlantic snuck out, but Florida Atlantic, they're difficult. They're a very good team. Very interesting team. Let's get to Tennessee a little bit. We talked about them a little bit. I liked Louisiana. I was all in on Louisiana, and it was mostly because Tennessee has lost Sakai Ziegler. And Sakai Ziegler, he's he's their guy. You know, he's their engine, and he looked really good throughout the season, was getting everybody involved. And I forgot that they still have Vescovy. And Vescovy is so good, so talented. The guy was hitting every single three against Duke. And I was so mad about it. I was just like, God, how could I forget that they have Vescovy? He ended up with 14 points. He was four of eight from three. Dude was a monster. And then I'm not going to say his name right, but I think it's, (sighs) I've heard it said right. So I'm not going to blunder it, but um, one of Tennessee's forwards, he was number, let's see. Number 13, Oliver, not going to try to say the last name, but he was fantastic in this game. Dude had 27 points and was ridiculous, flat out ridiculous, was shooting threes. He was lights out, 10 for 13 from the field. He was insane, flat out insane. And Duke didn't have any answers. But I'm going to say one thing to, um, to give some credit to Duke, and that is when they are completely healthy this year, they were 19 and one and they had lost their forward Mitchell, which I did not know about. I think he got injured in the first game. And when you lose a starter caliber and that guy, he would have gone against um, Oliver, not going to say his last name. He would have gone against him and probably could have slowed him down. You know, like I'm not going to say they would win that game because Tennessee had the edge and Tennessee also was missing Ziegler. So like, you don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm going to credit Duke when they're healthy, they were a best bet. And that's why in this region, I lost Duke. I had Duke in my finals, but that's why I was just like, eh, it is what it is. You know, Duke, I would have picked Duke 10 times out of 10. If they didn't get injured, they probably could have gotten out of this region. I knew Purdue was a fraud one seed and I'm sorry, Purdue fans. You were, it's, it's tough. You know, you guys are young. You guys are going to come back strong. I talked to Drew Comer, my guy last night and all we talked about was how Purdue is going to be so good next year. And they probably will be because they got most of their guys coming back. So if you're Purdue fans, if you're Duke fans, you're okay. You know, you're on, you're on a good trajectory. You're going to be fine. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's get to Michigan state. I got to talk Michigan state. Um, State fans are probably mad that it took 11 minutes into this first part, but dude, State was awesome. They were flat out awesome. 
Um, I this was my only Sweet 16 team, right? And they really showed me what's up. They had a big win against USC, and they looked awesome. Tyson Walker playing great. You know, and the most impressive part about this was they're third in the NCAA in three-point field goal percentage, and they couldn't hit a three, and they still ended up winning this game. That's what makes them so difficult. You know, they're so talented. Hogard had a fantastic game, ended up with 13 points against Marquette. Tyson Walker was great, 23 points. Joey Hauser, man, he stepped up. He stepped up. It doesn't look like it here. He was like, if you look at his field goals, he was three of eight, one for three from three. But he was able to get to the line. He had 14 points and 10 rebounds, which is just a monster. And then Sissoko was great. Sissoko was fantastic. He was really that big inside. Marquette didn't have anybody to really come at him, you know? And Tyler Kolick for Marquette, he just... I'm sorry to say it, but he just seemed rattled. Like the pressure kind of got to him. And I, I think he was a fantastic player. The guy was Big East player of the year. But, um, you know, State was able to get under his skin. You got to credit the game plan. You got to credit Walker. You got to credit Hogard. Like these guys just played so hard. And Michigan State, thank you, because you're the only Big Ten team left. And you looked fantastic. So I'm going to give all the credit here to Michigan State. I love Tom Izzo. I'm not going to hate on Tom Izzo. I know I'm more of a Michigan guy than a state guy, but I love Tom Izzo. Dude is awesome. Mr. March, as they call him, he's been fantastic. And I'm going to give all the credit to Michigan State in the world. And I'm rooting for you guys. I am. I'm all in on the state train. Um, You know, this team is awesome to watch. It's a lot of fun. Let's get to who they're playing, and that's Kansas State. In Kansas State, I'm a little nervous for State, Michigan State, not going to lie. And Kansas State has a point guard named Marcus Norwell, who took March Madness by storm against Kentucky. He, This guy was fantastic. Up and down the floor, he's throwing no-look passes. The guy was insane. He was flat-out nuts last, last night. I think it was, yeah, it was last Two nights ago. I'm sorry. That's Tuesday. Days are days are coming in. Like, they're going fast, man. They're going fast. But Mark, Marcus Norwell was unbelievable in this game. He had 27 points and 9 assists. Dude was just incredible. And Cason Wallace for Kentucky, he was awesome, too. Um, if I'm an NBA team, I'm really looking at Cason Wallace. I like him a lot. But getting back to Kansas State, they have a lot of guys that are really difficult. And I think it's going to be tough for Michigan State because I think Kansas State's bigs are more talented than Michigan State. And the bigs for Kansas State are Tomlin, and they got Carter, who's a guard, Sills, who's a guard, and Keontae Johnson is fantastic, flat-out fantastic, fantastic story. He's the guy that collapsed at Florida, and um, he had to sit out of basketball last year, and he transferred to Kansas State, and he's been their leading scorer. He's been fantastic for them. I love Keontae Johnson. I love his story. I'm so happy for him finding a team. And the thing that's so impressive with Kansas State is they were picked last in the Big 12. Last. And they've been outstanding. Flat out outstanding. They only had two guys from returning from their team last year. New coach. And he has done a terrific job, flat-out terrific job. They're in the Sweet 16. They got a tough matchup in Michigan State. That's going to be a really interesting game. I'm really excited for that. I'm rooting for State. I'm hoping they can pull it out, but that's going to be very difficult. Marcus Norwell is 
not somebody to take lightly. The guy is unbelievable, and he turned it up against Kentucky yes, um, two days ago. All right, let's get to the Midwest. Let's talk Houston. I still love Houston. I'm still all in. Um, Houston scared me a little bit with Northern Kentucky, the Norse. Uh, that's the Horizon League team. Their matchup zone kind of confused them a little bit, which I love. I love the Horizon team competing a little bit. But Houston got over that, and then they played Auburn on, I think, Saturday. And they did great. They did awesome. Like, if you look at it in the first half, you're like, ooh, I don't know what's going on here. They were down 10 at halftime, and I got really nervous. So I turned that game on in the second half, and Boy, was I happy I turned that on because they turned it up to a different level. They looked like the championship team that I saw them to be, that I picked them to be. They were awesome, flat out awesome. Marcus Sasser played an unbelievable game, shooting lights out from three. The guy guy was awesome, flat out awesome. 22 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 from three, and he's playing with a hurt groin. It's just really impressive what Sasser's doing. He's been unbelievable. But the thing with Houston that impressed me so much was Sasser and their second leading scorer, Sheed, who didn't have the best game, but he's been looking good. They were both in foul trouble. And Jairus Walker was playing with three fouls for a long time. But Traymond Mark came in and was outstanding. The guy just took over the offense and controlled everything. Guy was awesome. Flat out awesome. He he would get to his spot, hit a little mid-range jumper. He was just difficult to stop. Flat out difficult. He ended up with 27 points in the game, and Auburn couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. KD Johnson had a solid game. I love the energy he brings. I love him. Wendell Green struggled a little bit, which was tough to watch because he's from Michigan. He's he's one of our guys. But, um, yeah, no, Houston, they just turned it up to a different level. And Jarris Walker... This guy is unreal. I love him so much. I'm telling you, this guy better be skyrocketing some draft boards because he is awesome. Flat out awesome. I think he's clear number four. Clear number four in the NBA draft. The guy was able to switch and move his feet against anyone. And he's so much taller than I thought he was. And the athleticism he plays with is just incredible. This guy's unreal. I love Jairus Walker. I think he's going to be a fantastic NBA player. And I think he's going to be very difficult for anybody to match up with. All right, let's get to Miami, Indiana. I'm sorry, Asher Smith. That was a little rough. You had Indiana coming out of this. We talked about this as a difficult matchup. I had Miami. Uh, I'm going to rub it in a little bit, but I'm sorry, buddy. Um Indiana's a good a good team. Hood Defino was he's he was great in this game. He was hitting some threes early. And um Trace Jackson Davis was also pretty good in this game. Uh seven of ten, twenty-three points. Um I hadn't seen too much of Indiana this year and I liked them after this game. So like I credit your pick. I still like your pick, but they ran into a Miami team that couldn't miss. They were insane in this game. Isaiah Wong, remember the name. Okay, this guy is unreal. He was fantastic. 27 points in this game, eight rebounds. I loved him coming in. I loved him. Um, he's fantastic player. Fantastic. I mean, it's 
Like, he can go left, he can go right, he can hit a tough mid-range. He can do everything you want on the floor, which is very tough to handle. And they had guys that were just couldn't miss. Pack at the beginning of the game, their point guard, number 25, he was hitting deep threes, deep threes. He had, like, two logo threes, and I was like, geez, the guy's flowing today. And then Miller, their other guard, was fantastic as well. He ended up with 19 points, and he was just, he was just working them. You know, he was just flat out working them. And I think Miami, they're going to be tough. It's going to be a tough matchup with Houston. Um, If Miami's flowing, like, again, yeah, Houston's got to find a way to just close the game out and do what they got to do, you know. But it's going to be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to that one, Miami-Houston. I think, to me, other than Kansas State and Michigan State, it's going to be one of my favorite games to watch. And we're getting to some good ones. Like the Midwest and the West gave us some pretty good games. Let's get to the next one. It's going to be Xavier, Texas. And Xavier, they impressed me. They impressed me. Um, Kennesaw State had control of the game early. And I was like, no, what's going on with Xavier, you know? And Xavier turned it up and were able to come back and win. Colby Jones struggled a little bit in that game, but Colby Jones really stepped up in the second game against Pittsburgh. He was unreal. Um, he ended up with he ended up with ten points, fourteen rebounds, and seven assists, and that is a terrific stat line, flat out terrific. If if you want a guy in the NBA draft, like that's what you want—a guy that can rebound, pass, and score. Like he can do everything. Uh, I'm going to shout out Marty Hannon, though, because he did mention on the podcast that Kobe Jones needs to work on his free throws. And I thought that was going to hurt them in the Kennesaw State game. And it did. It did. Uh, near the end of the game, he missed some free throws. Boom, missed the big layup. But they were still able to close the deal, get the job done. I really like their big Nungy. He had a big game against Pittsburgh with 18 points. Um, you know, they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys on this team. Kunkel's really good, really good shooter. He ended up with five threes in this game. He was a monster. And then even with Boom off, Boom only had 14 points on three of 13 shooting, but like all from the free throw line there. They're still able to win by 10, win by a decent amount, and look good. So I think they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody, but they're running into Texas. And Texas is another one of those teams that I think are for real. I think this. This bracket, to me, is the most stacked left, 100%. I love Texas here. Marcus Carr is fantastic. Guy can score with the best of them. He's unbelievable. In this game against Penn State, he only had 10 points. Credit Penn State. They did a fantastic job defensively. But DeSue, their big, was unreal in this game. He ended up with, I think it was like 20 and 10. Let me let me check this. It was 28 and 10. Dude was just a monster. He was a monster, just controlling the paint. It's very difficult for Penn State to slow down. I'm going to give a lot of credit to Penn State this year. They were awesome. They were awesome. Asher and I really gave them a lot of a lot of credit, and they were just a fun team to watch. They really played Texas close. I was I was a little surprised how close they played them, but Texas showed me a lot. They showed me a lot, and I just I wouldn't want to see Texas. It's going to be very interesting. Xavier. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very tough game. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's get to the last region, the West. All right, Arkansas, Kansas. 
This game was awesome. One of my favorite games. Jordan Walsh, he is amazing. Guy defends so hard, so hard. And I love guys like that. Like he shut down Jalen Wilson at the end of the game. And he was he was just flat out terrific. Flat out terrific. Um, I think Arkansas has just got a lot of pieces that are really difficult and should be looked at in the NBA draft. Ricky Council the fourth took over at the end of the game. Flat out took over, was getting to the free throw line, hitting his free throws, hitting some tough mid-range shots. Guy's insane. I love Ricky Council. And then you got Anthony Black. I'm going to say one thing. Nick Smith Jr. didn't impress me, and I think he didn't impress a lot of people. I heard a lot of comments on Twitter like, where's Nick Smith Jr.? And that was because he was benched in the fourth quarter. So, you know, hopefully he can make a bounce back. I'm rooting for the kid. We'll see there. Um, He didn't impress me too much as a prospect. Some have him top five. Like, in this game, I liked Walsh a lot. I think Walsh could be a late first round pick. I think the Pistons should look at getting a late first and trying to get him because he's very good. I like him a lot. And then Ricky Council. Ricky Council showed showed everybody that he's a baller, flat out baller. And then Anthony Black, he didn't have the best game in this game, but he's tough. He's very tough. All right, let's get to UConn. UConn, to me, they look terrific, flat out terrific. They're the second half Huskies and they're great. They're flat out great. They were they were losing at halftime to St. Mary's. I'm going to credit Randy Bennett. I love I love him as a coach. Fantastic. He does a great job with his teams. They don't get enough credit. But UConn came in in the second half, a different team. Their big Sinogo is unbelievable. He's their guy. He had 24 and 8, and he just controlled the paint, flat out controlled the paint. And they have a lot of guys that can really give them buckets. Hawkins is fantastic. He was four for five from three in this game. Noon's fantastic. They got a lot of guys that are just very tough. And I'm really excited to see UConn move on. I have UConn in my final four personally. I just really like Dan Hurley. And um, I think he's just a fantastic coach, moves pieces around and does really, really good things. And they just have so many athletes on their team. And I think it's it's tough, you know. There's so much talent in this Arkansas-UConn game that I really think is going to be put on display. And it's going to be really down to the coaches. Who's a better coach, Dan Hurley or Musselman? And talking about Musselman, I I liked him a little before the game. And my, my feelings for him went way downhill after the, the game. I was so mad. I was like, dude, you're... It's the same thing with Sirianni. It's the same thing with Sirianni to me. Some people like it. Some people don't. And that's fine with me. That's fine. But to me, you're stealing, especially in college athletics, to me, you're stealing the spotlight from the players. And that spotlight should only go on the players. And that's not what he's doing. And it's just difficult. Like taking your shirt off at the end of the game come on, man, what are you doing? You know? And if you watched him throughout the whole game, he was like moving his feet, doing all that stuff. That stuff is fine to me. Some of it at least. And like, at least it's not really stealing camera time, but like taking your shirt off in front of the whole, that was bad. That was bad to me. And I mean, that makes me root for UConn a little more, 
But to me, like I love the players on Arkansas and I love what they stood for. I loved I loved Davis after the game. I didn't talk about him too much, but I think he deserves some props. Davis was unbelievable in this game. He ended up with 25 points. He was 9 of 15 from the floor. He was fantastic in the game, and he fouled out late. And they were able to close the deal without without him and credit Ricky Council. But um, but Davis at the end of the game, he got interviewed, and like you could see, it was like real tears of emotion of like what they went through to get there. And like I was so impressed with that and made me love the players a little more. And I think Musselman's a fantastic coach. But like, again, like those moments are for the players, you know, like it's to build them because March Madness is more about the players than you. You can get interviewed after the game and do all that stuff and you can build your brand on the side. But you don't really have to like steal all the TV time. Like the TV time is for the kids. It's for the kids. At least that's my opinion. All right. Let's get to the last game, Gonzaga-UCLA, okay? And these are two West Coast teams, so I don't know too much about them. I've liked Gonzaga all year. I have. Um, They still got Drew Timmy, which is unbelievable to me. And they had a tough win against TCU. I didn't catch too much of this, but um, Drew Timmy was terrific, 28 points, 8 rebounds. Um, And Bolton, one of their guards, he was terrific also, 17 points. They got guys on this team. They're just deep. They're always deep, and they're always super well coached. Drew Timmy, um, he's been there a while, fantastic, and they're super well coached with Mark Few. Mark Few is one of the best coaches in college basketball, and he's done a terrific job. That was a very gritty win against TCU. TCU is a tough team. They had a fantastic year. The Big 12 was awesome this year. I give a lot of credit to the Big 12, but um, fantastic win for Gonzaga there. And um, let's get to the last game, UCLA. UCLA snuck out against Northwestern. And I was all in on Boise State this year. It didn't really go well. Northwestern controlled that game. I'm going to credit Boo Booey. You know, um, they got guys there. Northwestern, credit to Chris Collins. Unbelievable job there. Unbelievable. But UCLA is tough, too. They still got Tyler, or um, yeah, I think it's Tiger Campbell. Duh, Tiger Campbell. Dude's fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic hair, too. You love that. Um, Tiger Campbell's still there. Jaime Jaquez is still there. He had an unbelievable game with 24 points, 11 of 19 from the field. And then Amari Bailey, the freshman from Sierra Cannon, he's fantastic. He is fantastic. He can he can defend. He can score. He can do what you need him to do. And I think he's a very big piece for them, and he had a fantastic game. All right. So I went through the games, and I'm going to give you who I think will make it out of the Final Four right now. I have three people right now in um, from my original picks. And here are what I got. I got Alabama out of the South, okay? I got Kansas State now out of the East. And I just think Kansas State is going to be too tough for Michigan State. I love Michigan State. I'm rooting for them to make it out. Whoever wins that game, I want to make it out. But I think Kansas State's just going to be a little too tough. And I think they're a team of destiny this year, and it's going to be very difficult to slow them down. So I think Kansas State out of the East. And then the Midwest, I still got Houston. So I'm going to roll with Houston. And then the West, I'm going to roll with UConn. I'm going to roll with that. So I got 
Houston, UConn, my final four, and one of my final four games, and then Alabama and Kansas State. It's the other one. All right, that is going to wrap up the podcast for today. Really good discussion on some college basketball and some NFL. That was a lot of fun. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please go like, subscribe on YouTube, follow the channel on Spotify, follow on Apple Podcasts, and follow on iHeartRadio. And then go follow that Instagram page. Um, that's where I'm doing the majority of the social media for this thing. I might bring in a Twitter and a Facebook soon. I'm not positive there yet, but, um, I'm really excited about this. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys for a wonderful episode and please like subscribe to the channel. I'm going to be back next week and I will see you guys later. Peace.